Good morning and welcome to Coffee with the Sarlos. I'm Kelly Sarlo. And I'm Mom. I'm Karen. And what are we talking about today, Mom? Um, two clients that just came. Okay. And uh, what are we going to call them? <laughs> Lucy and... Martin. Okay. Okay. Lucy and Martin. And that's to protect confidentiality. Okay. So Lucy and Martin are brother and sister. Mm-hmm. Adults young adults in their 20s, not from the city that we live in. Um, They came together in a session that they booked for an hour um, where they wanted to connect to some people who'd crossed over, a couple of people in their family. Um, And that was it. That's all I was told. Um, They gave consent for medical intuitive energy healing, um, future past lives, patterns, soul contracts, a whole bunch of things. But the intention was to connect with two people that came that had passed away, uh, a male and a female. And at the very beginning of the session, their grandfather came through to say to the two of them, like almost in a checklist of, I'm okay. I made it to the other side. Um, I'm safe. I'm happy I'm here. I'm not in pain. Um, The way that I passed isn't bothering me. Uh, Isn't something that I can't get over, like humans can't get over things. Mm -hmm. Um, And then he explained how he passed, that he had had uh, cancer, I think. He had had cancer. Oh, and a heart issue. Um, that the heart issue actually was what killed him, but that he had suffered with cancer for a long time, years. And that that wasn't something that was still on his mind, I'll say, Mm -hmm. if you want to say that you have a mind when you pass over. And one of the most beautiful things that he said just at that very beginning was that he was affirming how he passed, how he had lived his life. He described his character as being a person who was very thoughtful. Or I will say, never mind, I'm going to change that, Kelly. He wasn't thoughtful. He was mindful. Okay. Is that okay? Yeah, I like that. Okay, because um, it's more accurate because he he had intent and he took the time to think about his intention um, when he would say or do or commit to something or decline or change his mind. There was intention all the time. And that this is something that because he lived his life like this, he passed on to both of them in that they observed that quality or ability or gift, whatever you want to call it, because a gift has to become a skill, or can become a skill, that both of these, his, his grandson and granddaughter, were both mindful people. And because of the mindfulness, that they had a, just a beautiful relationship, um, based on intention, so they could be each other's person. The brother and sister or the grandfather? The brother and sister. So he came through to describe their relationship. Mm -hmm. And you and I both know as mediums that a lot of people come to see us and want affirmations that the person who's dead is dead. Mm -hmm. And well, actually, they know they're dead. They went to the funeral, most likely, but that they want to know that we're good at what we do and that we're not liars. And we deal with that every day of the challenge of having to prove that we're not, we didn't choose to be liars by profession. Mm -hmm. 
but that he chose to come through to describe his character yeah his death and the way he lived his life and what you know some other things like what he looked like and cause of death and cancers and illness and stuff but that he chose in their session to describe their lives as an affirmation of that in fact it was him mm-hmm. and that he knew their relationship he knew their contract Mm-hmm. And I thought just how amazing and wonderful it was that they got to hear the contract between the two of them, that they came to earth so that they wouldn't people please, that they would have each other to say, yeah, that guy you're hanging around, you're dating, yeah, he's not good for you. And that the other person didn't shoot the messenger. It didn't mean that they jumped out of the relationship, but it meant that they knew that their sibling was saying this mindfully. And it gave them a pause to be able to, I'll say, think. And some people might go, well, to challenge that or to shoot the messenger. There's different things that people do with it. But that in their emotional intelligence state that they had both chosen not shooting the messenger, but being able to listen to something and that they were both committed to finding what they needed out of what they said to each other. Mm-hmm. That's my topic today. That's that's the conversation. Just to, I don't know how if where if you're thinking where where do I come where do I go with that? Um. Yep. Entirely. <laughs> so I don't know if when you say this is the topic of conversation, I don't know if you mean mindfulness. I don't know if you mean soul contracts. I'm not sure. Yeah, because there's a lot in that, and I, I'm. I don't have to, I don't feel I need to have control over the conversation to tell you which one. Okay. You're invited to pick which one. You're invited to feel what you want to feel about any of those and kind of run with it. You had mentioned talking about um, living more authentically when you, when you have a person who holds you accountable uh, and what that means long term. So do you want to go there? Mm-hmm. Okay, perfect. Are you starting or am I? Oh, I'm afraid if I start, I won't stop talking. So oh, you start. That's that's funny because I feel like every time um, my person comes up, uh, all I can really go to is Andrew, and I think the whole the whole conversations uh, end up being about my brother, <laughs> and I'm, I'm not opposed to it. I just wonder if he's sitting, rolling his eyes, going, "Oh my god, another show about me." Yeah. <laughs> Can I get shares in this? Um, just shares for the free podcast. No. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, well, we always talk about not shooting the messenger, um, and I know that's we can probably do an entire an entire uh, show on that alone. Um, but I think it all, for me, it always comes back to intention, right? So the your person, whoever you deem that to be, uh, they share with you information from a place uh, or a certain intention. So it's not to tear you down. It's not to make you feel small. It's to share facts with you uh, in order to help you become a better observer of your own life so that you can hopefully make the best decision for yourself and those around you. Um, and I, I know that I have, you know, great examples of, of people in my life who do that for me. Do you want to touch on specifics or what are you hoping for? Yeah, you can. Sure. I think that's good because okay. sometimes just giving um, an example is nice for people sure. that don't understand the word intention even that might be Googling it. Hmm. Okay. I don't think I've ever Googled it. I might not even agree with the, the Webster's definition. 
Um, I think for me, intention comes from a heart-centered place of, of wanting the best for someone. Uh, but that doesn't mean that you get the best without heartache. So I think the first um, example comes to me, um, I think about when Andrew was dating when he was younger. And uh, he got into some really tumultuous relationships and he got pulled into some really uh, unhealthy patterns or perpetuated some unhealthy patterns as well. Uh, He's definitely not a golden boy. I don't think any of us are. Um, And I I voiced my opinion about not enjoying his relationships. It was never about not liking the girl. Mm -hmm. It was never pulling rank of I'm the older sister and I'm going to protect or I'm I know better. It was simply about I'm noticing patterns of the way you treat each other, uh, the back and forth of the relationship that I didn't, I didn't love for him. Kelly, I really like the fact that you said that it wasn't that you didn't like the girlfriends. It's not about the the that person that he's dating, mm-hmm. although those girlfriends could make it about that. Mm-hmm. That, uh, but that you don't like the behavior. Mm-hmm. And that it's about not just their behavior, but his behavior. Mm -hmm. And that you're able to be his person by pointing out your observation about behavior. Mm -hmm. And that after that, he has free choice to decide what he's going to do. Yeah. If he's going to be able to see it for himself and give him the time to see it for himself and for him to make conscious choice about what tools does he have or could he possibly go get. Mm -hmm to change that behavior and if you can't if it's not going to change in a more positive way or a more constructive way that there are still more tools or more choices Mm -hmm. and that when you're somebody's person you're not trying to say do what I say you're trying to say do you have the tools to see this do you have the tools to deal with this do you know how to find them I and that you're uh, that you're actually giving them so I'll say more choices. I think it's also saying please consider. Mhm. Please consider this. How about please consider, please learn? Mhm. Yeah, and I think about some of his his ex-girlfriends where uh you know, I've kept in touch with them and I enjoy running into them and I would still never mm-hmm. wish for the two of them to be back together. Uh, I can see how individually they are they're beautiful people. Uh, But they certainly didn't bring out the best in each other. Oh, that's so kind. Uh, And I I totally agree that you can um, be someone's person and point those things out without actually disliking the other person Mm -hmm. or trying to attack them personally Mm -hmm. or trying to make your brother or whoever we're talking about better than they are. Mm-hmm. But being able to say you're say, able to say that you see your brother with the totality of who he is, including the things that you don't like. Mm-hmm. And that when you're somebody's person, you still love them, but you're allowed to have honest conversations about it. Yeah. And I think I think a lot of people want to make someone right and someone wrong. And I don't think there's any um, merit to that. Or that, that approach. And I, I think about just being a third party. Because um, I know when you're in a relationship, you can be that person's person. Uh, but when you're a third party to two others, mm-hmm. um, you can love both of them. And see, like I said, see how both of them are, are wonderful people, but not great together. And I think mm-hmm. people uh, generally 
think that they have to choose sides. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm thinking about two, two good friends who have split and one assumed that I would hate him because of his actions. Mm-hmm. Not realizing that people can understand the intention of why you cheated or the intention of why you did something mm-hmm. that is deemed terrible, uh, but that doesn't make you a terrible person. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that everyone understands things happen in a relationship um, before you get to a certain point mm-hmm. of destruction, right? Mm-hmm. There's there's a kind of a silent destruction that happens before. Mm-hmm. And it takes two. Mm. That's nice. Thank you. I think the, uh, the, the part about intention and why I brought it up is because in my practice, I'm seeing that a lot of people don't understand what it is. Well, and I think a lot of people uh, twist it for their own purpose, for their own, mm-hmm. for their own gain. So they, they tell you that they're coming from a place of good intention. Mm-hmm. They tell you that they want what's best for you, but really they want control. And so we confuse that other person who we're trying to convince this is the best thing and I'm just trying to love you. And, you know, I think maybe a great example of that is parents and children. Oh, yeah. Where the parents will say, I'm doing this because I love you. You know, and and maybe the kids start understanding um, that the intention is I love you, but really it's about control. And I'm not ready to give that up because I still see you as a child. Kelly, that's I. When you're talking about that, I think of a couple that I used to know where she would tell him, um, "You can have one beer, you can have six beer, oh yeah, you can have this much food, you can't eat this, um, you shouldn't have that. This isn't good for you." You're because, talking about a husband and wife, though. Yes, I'm talking. Okay, that's oh. fair. I was I was kind of going more toward the parent child, but I know I you guess were. She's treating her husband like a child. Yes, but with the intention of but I love you and I'm trying to keep you healthy. Yeah. I'm trying to help you with your weight. I'm trying to keep your heart healthy. I don't want you to die. I want our kids to have a father. I want, and it's, mm-hmm. she doesn't even understand that every, all those sentences were I, 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 even though it's, I want you to be healthy. So she's trying to make it sound like I'm doing this for your good, but underneath all of that, that's not the intention. The intention is control. She disguises mm-hmm. it under the word love. Mm-hmm. And that a lot of partners slash children get confused at that point. Like you're saying, I'm just re, I'm just yeah. giving a different example in relationships. They get confused with what love is and think that love is actually being controlled or being controlling. Mm-hmm. So if I am a good wife or a good mother, I have to have control over that other person's existence. Mm-hmm right to what they eat or drink or whatever, fill in the blank, right? And they go to bed. Oh, yeah. Or who yeah. With the, who their friends are, um, if they're having sex, including with them mm-hmm. or whatever. It goes into so many areas. But that when you really are somebody's person, it's not about having control. It, it's, it's about letting the other person make mistakes. Mm-hmm. It's about letting them... Perfect example. Sorry, I interrupted. It's okay. I'm just thinking about how you and I, you know, having lived lived together for quite some time, um, there's always chocolate in the house. 
pretty much on every level of the house too and some <laughs> when, when we run into a deficiency we'll be you know we kind of have our little freak out and it's like let's go get chocolate let's go to walmart and i think at one point or another you or i will look at the other person and say do you want me to save you or are we going to get chocolate yeah, yeah. so it's not about i love you so i'm going to make sure we don't get chocolate so you don't get fat it's do you want me to save you or do, and it's asking you to make a conscious choice right, right? to be to be yeah. aware of the fact that you're going to seek it yeah. Um, and I'm here if you want me to hold you accountable, but I'll back away if this is something that you really need today. Yeah. And that, that when you do that for me, if you, if that's the example right now and you say, do you want me to have your back or do, is this actually a chocolate run? That, that puts the responsibility back on me to think through that. Yes. To decide, is this what, is this what I want? Why do I want it? Or I'm not going to think at all and I'm just going to go do it and I'm going to avoid I don't know, weight issue or sugar issue, but that all of that responsibility is back on me. Okay. However, part of the responsibility in being your person or you being mine is that when you say, no, we're doing a fucking chocolate run, (laughs) I don't look at you and shame you. Yeah. I don't pretend to give you the choice of do you really want this or do you not? And when you finally make a decision, I shame you for it. Mm-hmm. Right? So there, there still is a responsibility for me to be aware of my intention. Am I shaming you so that I can feel better? Am I shaming you because X, Y, and Z? Th- there's there's tremendous responsibility on both parts to be someone's person and to allow the uh, that, that individual to be your person. Mm-hmm. And when I go back into thinking for... Or- going doing our back and forth thing right now yeah i just started thinking what if people are playing a drinking game at you know saturday morning every time we say person they take a shot (laughs) this is rough they're definitely drunk already (laughs) sorry that's good go ahead if that's their thing um well I'm, i'm just thinking when i go back into that i'm taking responsibility that that's part of what intention is is that when you have the right intention responsibility sits where it's supposed to I like that. Can you repeat it? That when you have the right intention, responsibility sits where it is supposed to, Mm -hmm. where it falls naturally within the right person. I think it's such a profound statement. And yet I can still see where parents don't understand it because, and it goes back to what we've talked about um, Mm -hmm. over and over again about roles and what we believe a good mother is or what we believe a good spouse is. And so we think we are responsible for controlling. Right. And and we think that is the right intention because I am playing the role of fill in the blank. Mom, I am taking care of my kid. It is my job. Mm-hmm. I am taking care of my husband. It is my job. Mm-hmm. I can remember when I was married, um, certain people in my life saying things to me like uh, about my my husband at that time that if he was saying something or doing something and I'm not picking on him everybody says and does yeah. whatever things and I'm not saying his were any worse than anybody else's like they would say things to me like well he's your husband can't you get control can't you control him and it was like why like where does that come from why would I want to control him yeah. it made no sense to me he's an adult like he whatever it is that he's doing I'm sure he's thought through and if he hasn't He'll figure that out mm-hmm. at some point. He's, I know he's intelligent. He's going to figure it out, mm-hmm. but it would make, it would be an assumption for me if I thought he couldn't figure it out. <laughs> so then basically I'm thinking he is stupid 
and I really should take care of him. Poor guy. Yeah, you got bigger issues at that point. Yeah. And I didn't feel that way. So why would I? And he didn't present it that way. So why would I create that? Mm-hmm. But I know that when you go back to that intention and really being truly a person for somebody, that I could trust that he'll figure that out. That is really being somebody's person. Mm-hmm. Or if I really don't, then I have to present it to him in a way that invites him to see it for himself. Mm-hmm. Not that I think that I'm better than him, so I have to show it to him. And I might even have to say it two, three, four, five, six, and seven times because he's that stupid. <laughs> and I know there are people that are listening to that right on that note that are just kind of like parking the car. <laughs> pulling over. <laughs> they're pulling over right now or they're sitting in the, and they're in the kitchen cooking and they're just stopping going, oh, fuck. Because, and they might go, I think I need to listen to this podcast again. I'm totally confused. And I know that what this creates in people that don't get it is confusion. Mm -hmm. When they don't understand intention or roles, they are always confused. They are always in a state of up and down in their relationships, of fixing, feeling better. Things are good. Things are not. Up and down in that spiral and bumpiness Mm -hmm. where it's good. It's not good repeat pattern and so like well I think the way we started the show there's a lack of mindfulness so as someone's probably sitting there thinking how did we get here we started talking about a grandfather and his you know his um, granddaughter and grandson uh, talking about you know being each other's person how did we start talking about the failure of my marriage (laughs) because it comes down to the fact that when you have somebody that is mindful that is your person that you feel confident, that you have no confusion in your life, that you are, you have the right tools in the toolbox Mm -hmm. that come with that mindfulness that come from, um, or not just come from, but bring you that peace. So many people are coming for these sessions and want peace. Mm -hmm. They're sitting in yoga classes and mindfulness and meditation groups looking for peace. They're looking for something and don't understand where the tools are. Mm -hmm. And so this grandfather came through and said, I bothered to work my ass off to know and to find the tools. And I lived them Mm -hmm. so that these two grandkids, this, these, this brother and sister got it. And that is what they are for each other. Mm -hmm. And from that, these two young people in their twenties go out into the world and have jobs and friends, and other family members, and lovers, and partners, whatever, where they are mindful in those relationships, where they have somebody that they can go back to that grounds them, but that they know how to be very grounded themselves when that sibling is not around. Mm -hmm. Well, because they become your inner voice. And I, I read this thing a while ago, I think I posted on Facebook that um, you become as, as parents, sorry, you become your child's inner voice. Mm-hmm. So you really need to be careful about how you're speaking to them. Um, and whoever your person is, you know, it's almost like that, that band that everyone used to wear. What would Jesus do? Not oh, everyone. Pardon me. I was going to say that. I had a, what would mom do? <laughs> um, but that your person becomes your voice, right? Yeah. How, how would this person who I deem mindful and I, I admire, how would they make this decision? They become how you integrate your tools, right? Um, and I was also going to say that I think it's really uh, next to impossible to be somebody's person if they are not mindful themselves. You can be mindful and have all kinds of um, 
I won't say revelations, but practical thinking, you can have all the tools that you have under your belt, but when you're trying to give that to someone that you love and they're choosing to actively not grow uh, and be mindful themselves, you're just spinning your wheels. And I, you know, I was over at a girlfriend's place a couple nights ago and one of them was saying that one of her very good friends is always in perpetual um, bad relationships and always has multiple girls that are just kind of stressing him and creating drama. And she was kind of, um, I'll say bitching, just saying, you know, I, I tell him all the time, why do you do this? You put yourself in this position. And, and I turned to her and I said, well, what's wrong with you? And she just looked stunned. And I said, if you're telling him this all the time, then what is wrong with you that you don't understand? He doesn't want to change. Uh, so you can't, like I said, you can't be someone's person if they don't also want to be mindful. And that's where some relationships are over and people don't want to accept that they are. Mm-hmm. That it's a dead end. Yes. You can that's... sit in a cul-de-sac as long as you want. <laughs> Yes, that's a great expression. But you're not going anywhere. Yeah. And you know, Cal, I have heard from clients that I was jokingly going to say, you know, what would Jesus do? Mm -hmm. Some of my clients have said to me, I think, what would Karen do? Mm -hmm. What would Karen say? Because that's that bar. If they've made me their bar because they've met me for an hour and I was direct and honest and I called everything out the way that it is Mm -hmm. and the universe just says, gives the messages point blank then all of a sudden that's the bar. Mm -hmm. And they've said things to me like, you know, I've been married for 30 years or, you know, working, whatever the example is, I just pick marriage or work and alternate it. But if I've I've been with this man for 30 years or this woman, and the other day, the same conversation went around. And afterwards, I thought, what would Karen say? And it was like, oh, there's no way Karen even would be standing in the kitchen with this one. Mm-hmm. She would have she would have had a bar higher than this. So you made me think, why am I still standing here, still saying the same thing to the same person that I've been saying for 30 years? Mm-hmm. It hasn't changed in 30 years. So why am I doing this? Why am I even in the room for this conversation? Mm-hmm. But the room meaning this relationship. Yeah. So having a person... And I think sometimes that person can be that therapist because they are the ones Uh, that are, and that's why some people avoid therapy because they don't want a person. (laughs) If I have to go to therapy and that person is going to actually say the truth, because that's what, that's what that intention and integrity means, the truth. Some people will always be avoiding it because they don't want to deal with any, any consequences. Those are the spouses that avoid us. Yes. When the spouse says, you're never to see Karen again. I never want to know that you're, I never want to hear that you're going to book an appointment with Karen or Kelly. And I say to people, as soon as your spouse has said something like that, I don't ever want you to go to therapy again. I don't ever want you to see that girlfriend again. And that girlfriend, are you going out with her again? I don't ever want you to see Josephine or whatever. And it's because Josephine's been telling your wife the truth. Mm -hmm. So that the, that person with integrity and shooting the messenger should be one of your red flags that you're avoiding mm-hmm. and and that you're allowing that other person to collude your reality by telling you what to do or not do. Mm-hmm. That's messiness right there. And on the outside of that messiness, the healthy part is that person with intention. When I saw the grandfather emulate that in his life and pass that down to two grandkids that got it Mm -hmm. and how from that space 
they have a place where there's that bar, meaning a level of integrity, honesty, and clear intention that there's love here. There's something that's better than the bullying Mm -hmm. or the lying. And, And quite often, and I don't mean that just a spouse is doing the bullying or the lying to you, but that a person can lie to themselves mm-hmm. and their ego can bully them. Mm-hmm. So some people might think, oh, I'm just referring to partners who bully each other. But if there's a partner bullying another person, the other spouse in the relationship or friendship or workplace, then you have to look at how you're allowing it because there's that self bullying that's going on too. Mm-hmm. It has to be or it wouldn't occur. Right. To silence yourself. Yes. To tell yourself that your opinion doesn't matter enough. Yes. Or that what you're going through pales in comparison to what others go through. I find this really neat. And I remember you talking about that in your own marriage, how you guys would go out for a dinner with other couples and you would watch them fight in front of you. Uh, and you'd come home knowing that things weren't great in your own marriage, but it would kind of be like, well, we're not as bad as them. So we're good for another couple months. Yeah. And it was like, if, if what I'm going through isn't as bad, then I don't need to work on it because yeah. other people have bigger issues than me. Mm-hmm. And just another avoidance. Mm-hmm. Uh, another way to um, just not have to face change mm-hmm. or, or maybe uh, to change a belief system that I didn't, that I didn't want to have to face. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I So when I saw these two young people, if I can go back to them just for a second. Yeah. When I saw these young two people and I knew that they had each other for that, that they are not just each other's person, but because of who they are, they are for their friends. They are for their partners. They are for other family members that they have all those tools in the toolbox to do that. They have strength. They have courage. They know what it is to be isolated Because sometimes when you're the truth teller, you're isolated. Mm -hmm. And that that isn't always a bad thing. Mm -hmm. Some people fear isolation and being shunned. But that when you sometimes when you're shunned and people isolate you, it's peaceful. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You finally get to rest. You finally get clarity. I think we did a show on that actually early on. About what isolation or certain isolation being necessary for growth. Yes. That you get to breathe, that you get to know who you are, and that some people might think, I don't want to know who I am. I drink. I don't want to know who I am. I'm an abuser. But that underneath all of those things that you are, you can have beautiful qualities. And that when you start shining the light on those things, some of those other addictions or other parts of your character really start to fall away. Mm-hmm. I... I don't know how this is going to come out, but I kind of want to step backwards for a second. Um, And I remember this is now myself, not talking about others, uh, going back into a not so great relationship. And uh, I for for, you know, probably the third time at this point. And you and Andrew had asked me if I was if I had been able to forgive or forget, you know, that whole that cliche. And I said that. that I was, I was able to forgive and move forward. And I thought it was really interesting because you, I think you or Andrew has said it to me that your family or your friends or your, your people, I'll say, cause it's different for everyone. They're less quickly to forgive and forget. And that's a good thing because they, they remember for you. They remember the pain that you went through 
for you so that they can help protect you. And I don't mean protect so that you can't love again or so that you can't move forward. It's simply, um, I think, to hold you in a better space. And I, I really love that. And I think that's part of being someone's person. Mm-hmm. That uh, that you remind them sometimes. You have to remind them of the hard times so that they don't repeat patterns. Yeah, because sometimes um, we think if we're going forward and we're going to stay in a relationship, say I go back to work and my boss is still bullying me, but I want to forgive them because I'm being a good spiritual person. Right. Which is... I'm rising above. Yeah. And you you think that rising above means that you're a better person than the one that's bullying you. So you stay and you think that you're just going to be nicer, kinder, better. Um, you're going to do all kinds of work or this person, you're going to work on this person and they're going to, you're going to help them change. And that if you have a person standing there watching you, seeing you going through that pattern again, it's abuse and that they need to call you out on that. Mm -hmm. Because if you're going back into it again, thinking that you can just change that, that abuser, that chances are you can't. So you're just going through the pattern of being abused again and again. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the scenes from Grey's that keeps popping out since we've been talking about this is, I think it's season three when George marries Callie and he's kind of just, just before he was realizing it's a mistake and Izzy's really harping on him saying, you know, you screwed up. I'm your best friend. I'm allowed to tell you these things. Yeah. But she, she does it in a very, I'll censor my words here. She does it in a very hurtful and mean way. Yeah. And uh, George turns around at one point and just says to her, you need to shut up because if you're wrong, you're going to feel really stupid. But if you're right, I'm going to need you. And what she was doing was shaming. Yeah. She was actually bullying him to the point of, of um, well, being unhealthy in, in their own friendship. But the point that George made, I think, was was so incredible that it is this kind of balance of presenting information, but then letting that person make their own decision. Yes. Which... I love about Andrew. Yeah. Which is a quality that Andrew can have. And I don't know if he has it in every relationship, but I certainly see he has it with you. And I certainly see he has it with me. Mm -hmm. Um, And why we're both using him as that example, that he can come forward and point something out. And I have to say too, that I've seen in both you and Andrew, for me in my life, that you both can point out things and be my person and give me the evidence and kind of just let me sit with it and that you trust that I'm going to get there. And sometimes both of you will come back and question it. Like, how are you doing with that? Yeah. You don't come back and say, well, so did you leave? So did you do this? Sometimes <laughs> you guys come back and you say, how are you doing with that information? And you trust that I'm working through it, mm-hmm. but I want to say something. Flip side of that, sometimes I am really fucking around with it. And you two show up and go, okay, you've been dicking around long enough. Mm-hmm. I'm your person. Get the fuck out. And it, it's, it is like point blank. And that there has to be sometimes that time when you're someone's person that you can give them that space as long as there's some progress or work thoughtfulness, the mindfulness, the process. Mm -hmm. But sometimes that being someone's person does mean that you stand up and go, okay, enough is enough. Yeah. Or people will stay in their situations and constantly still keep swimming in that pool of mess because nobody really stands up and says, you're in a mess. Mm -hmm. 
It's time to get out. It's kind of like being in a burning building and having the firefighters say, you should come out soon. (laughs) How are you doing in there? (laughs) Getting hot? How's the smoke affecting you? (laughs) Yeah. 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 Skin starting to burn a little. Like, I mean, and and I use that as a good analogy because it is silly. Yeah. And it's it's obvious, right? Yes. People wouldn't argue with that. Yes. And that that's right, Kelly. There would be no arguing with a firefighter when a person's building a burning in a building. Right. Mm -hmm. However, when we're in relationships, jobs, friendships, whatever. eh, There are those people that think, oh, no, it's none of my business. I'll let him die slowly. Yes. You know, it's not my concern. You know, as long as it's not affecting me, I have I have experienced that in my life where to someone's bullying me. But the other people in the relationships, I'll say, so say it's a group of friends or a a family, whatever it is, that it's okay for one person to bully me, so long as they're not bullying the other people. Mm -hmm. And they're going to all stay clear of it. They're all going to have a relationship with that person because, well, they're not bullying me. Right. Yet. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's, that's just, that's, there's no quality there of having integrity or being that person's person. Yep. So where else do you want to go with this? Well, I, I don't know. I like, maybe that's good for today. I don't, okay. I, I think, because I think that's a lot to think about. And I, I imagine that some, this could be played in many, <laughs> many, um, coffee oh, shops okay you know what no i i want to go oh, a little step further because okay. this came up yesterday and, and um i think it's a a sore spot but a really good point okay so i'm gonna be as diplomatic as i possibly can be today um we're talking about being people's person and uh a lot of people you're just mentioning come to see us because they want that truth they want it, they ask us about soul contracts with themselves and another person that's still living uh we channel that information and we let them know what the soul contract is, what they're meant to teach each other, when the relationship was supposed to start and end. Um, if there's been a chance, I'll say to renew and, and write a different contract because that's possible as well sometimes. And then there are certain clients who walk in and if they don't like what we channel, they turn it on as an attack to us. And I have heard people in my own sessions say, well, are you just telling me my marriage is over because your parents got divorced and that's what you've experienced? Are you telling me my relationship's over because you're single and you like it that way and you think we should all be miserable and single? There's a lot of assumptions in that one. And I've also heard you come out and say that people have attacked you saying, are you telling me my relationship's over because you're divorced and you're bitter? Yeah, and even as stupid as saying, are you telling me my husband had an affair because your husband had an affair? And I'm looking at them going... Yeah, <laughs> my ex-husband never had an affair. No. So I don't even know where that came from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we talked about shooting the messenger, and I don't think we really touched on that, right? So if we're talking about intention and we're sitting in a, in a treatment saying, our intention is to love you, give you information to help you move forward. Uh, we're impartial to what you do with that information when you leave here. Our job is just to love you as another soul. Uh, and I say soul because sometimes it's really difficult to love the human. And, and I think that's okay to say, because I think we all feel it about humans in our own life. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, we understand how to love a soul and what, what a journey means, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but when people come in and shoot the messenger, essentially, and turn it as an attack, they're not really looking to have a person in their life. 
I'm really grateful that you said that just because you know what I've been through recently mm. in being a, a very attacked in yeah. emails and messages on Messenger and Skype and all of these forms of technology now that allow people to attack another person. Um, with no responsibility. With no responsibility yeah. to... Um, proper list, dialogue. To, yeah, properly yeah. communicating. And where proper communication means that if I'm to apologize, that they get it. If I'm to qu ask a question for clarity, that I'm allowed to ask a question for clarity. Mm -hmm. But that I, I get nothing other than um, the attack mm -hmm. um, of where they are shooting the messenger. And I have no idea how to even go forward with those. Mm -hmm. uh, I, And I don't know if I even choose to other than to thank them for the email and just to say, there you go. Because there's no response. They're not even asking for one sometimes. Um, so is that just their way of, even some of them say in the emails, I'm just using my voice. Mm -hmm. And it's like, really? You sent a vicious email. How's that using your voice? That's bullying. Mm -hmm. And there's quite a difference between using your voice and bullying somebody. Um, but um, am I off track? I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I just said that in my head. It's okay. Okay, thank I, you. But, no, it's fair though, because I think we started talking about um, kind of the contract with um, having a person in your life who holds you accountable. Yeah. And I'm just trying to make the point that we are we are that person to a lot of people. Yeah. They've literally come in and asked for it. Right. Uh, but then are upset if they don't get exactly what they want to hear. Right. So I mean, in a sense, you're you're still you're still right on track. Okay. Okay. Good. Thank you. Um, yeah, because, I mean, you know my mind. I think but, everyone does at this point. <laughs> oh, there's Kelly. You're bringing her back on track. Okay. But I guess very much just wanting to say that not just for us in our business that people um, can shoot the messenger. Yeah, but I of often course. think you can shoot your the messenger when your partner tells you something or mm -hmm. your best friend does um, or your child. Um, and that a lot of parents don't fe or feel that their children don't have the right, the responsibility, the level of intelligence or emotional intelligence to tell us anything about ourselves, mm -hmm. that there's a brick wall up or a boss could have a brick wall up thinking I'm the boss. My employees should never be able to tell me anything or I don't know, whatever, fill in the blank. But that um, that shuts down communication. And you were talking about when you have a person that one of the qualities that come in that relationship is communication. Mm -hmm. Okay. Cool. See, I, I don't totally suck about bringing it all back I together sometimes. <laughs> it's just a usual struggle. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> is that nice? You know, <laughs> whatever. Uh, okay. okay. Did you want to leave it there? Yeah. Okay. I, I um, That was a great chat. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Did you uh, did you want to end the show? I know that you feel like I take over sometimes in that sense. Oh, okay. Well, um, thank you for listening. And uh, I look forward to talking to you again, Kelly. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> oh, my God. No. Oh, okay. What? So at the That's end of every show. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Right. Oh, no, wait. Give me a moment. Um, if you have any questions... <laughs> If you have any questions or comments um, that you'd like us to address on another show, we enjoy doing that. And you can reach us at um, info at bysarlo.com. And that is our email address. Correct? Yeah. No, that's just, just who I am. This is good. I know. It's good to watch you struggle. Okay. And uh, we look forward to chatting at the next show.
Okay, that was really rough. Okay, thanks. Bye. Thank you.